What do you want me to say again? <laughs> <laughs> Do you shop second hand? Why? Uh, why not? I do shop second hand, but it's really just for finding a good bargain. I used to, um, back in my uni days, go to op shops a lot, which was really good. And some of my favourite pieces of clothing were from op shops. Now I kind of look to um, like designer Facebook selling and buying groups. I don't actually shop secondhand because I can't be bothered going through all the stuff. Like, I'm just too impatient. Like, I don't like shopping in general, but being able to see everything on my screen and scroll through it quickly and filter it and sort it is really useful for me. The first time I bought vintage clothing was when I was a teenager. My mum didn't get it. Why would you buy someone's smelly old clothes? probably belong to someone who died. To mum, second-hand clothing is something that you receive as a hand-me-down, not something that you pay for. Mum, things have changed. According to a report by the online consignment store ThreadUp, the resale market for second-hand clothing is outpacing the market for new clothes. Thrift is going mainstream. Welcome back to Smart Casual, a podcast by two women who have a lot of feelings about clothes. You're here with myself, Amy Mai, and regular co-host Emma Doe. You might have already guessed it, today we're talking about the explosion of secondhand shopping and the rise of resale. Today, we're going to be hearing from someone who's earned a good side hustle selling secondhand clothes online. We'll also hear about the evolution of consignment stores with Liv and Mon from Recycle Boutique. And we'll be discussing what the rise of resale means for the environment and our shopping habits. But first, we've got a guest in the studio today, Jenna Flood. Hi, Jenna. Hello. Also known as the Ironic Minimalist, Jenna is a slow fashion stylist. Jenna, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what that means exactly? So I'm a stylist who focuses on using ethical fashion, um, vintage fashion, and usually secondhand fashion like stuff from Savers. I use this when styling clients. I encourage them to buy secondhand, and I also use this when styling editorials just to sort of show people that you can still look good with stuff from Savers or ethical fashion, and you don't need to shop at places like H&M and Zara. Yeah, so Jenna today is our secondhand expert. Um, She also helps to run a clothing library called Tumnus, which we'll talk about a bit later on. Before we launch into the big topic today, I want to go back to the days of eBay, which launched in Australia in 1999. Um, And at the start, most people were clearing out their garage or like selling CDs. And then it eventually became a place where you could clear out your wardrobe as well. And so somewhere in the 2000s, around 2008, we had the nasty gal phenomenon, which is what I'm calling it, where (laughs) um, young women realised they could make a pretty penny curating clothes they bought from op shops or charity shops, photographing themselves in the clothes and making it look a lot more hip and attractive (laughs) Um, and thereby being able to sell it at a marked up rate. That's how a lot of bloggers that you might remember actually started out. So Australian bloggers like... Chula Vintage. Um, Gary Pepper Girl. Yep. They both had really popular eBay stores where they got internet famous and became influential fashion bloggers afterwards. Um, And I think the most famous person um, to have had this business model on eBay was Sophia Amoruso. 
now of girl boss fame, but she founded Nasty Gal Vintage and Netflix made a terrible show about her. Did you guys watch that? <laughs> yeah, I oh, saw that man. one. I thought it was interesting, but it wasn't that great. It was a pretty trashy yeah. TV it show. I couldn't get through the first. I, I watched the first episode and I just couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> get through it. The writing was pretty, pretty questionable. There's a great line from the trailer where Sophia's character says, "You know how people flip houses? Well, I flip clothes." <laughs> yeah. And I that, love that line. That line just sums up how people approach selling clothes online back in the day. I think. But Amy, I remember you also had a side yeah, hustle, which I used I to follow. Even, I used to I used to be a nasty girl wannabe, I guess. Um, me and my friend would like just scour savers every weekend and come out with like these huge bags of clothes and then just have fun styling photo shoots in her backyard. And it was like, it was more an excuse just to hang out because like we were pretty terrible at selling clothes, I think. It was just, it took a lot of effort. It's a lot of time. Like, styling and then shooting and then editing and then all the listing ebay was just like a nightmare to like list on yeah wait amy what was the aesthetic of your store that you had with your friend uh it was like me and my friend we really liked 60s 70s like we were in that 70s rocker muse phase of our lives like lace stuff and like suede yeah lana del rey first album kind of vibe (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Now I feel like when you're shopping vintage or secondhand, it's not so much about finding those like period pieces or Mm. like special pieces from the 60s or 70s. It's kind of broadened out. Well, I think young people now want to buy 90s clothing. 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But not not even just that now. Now people are looking for dedicated secondhand groups for brands that they like. So, you know, Gorman groups, for example, are like the first things that come to mind mm. <laughs> when I think about secondhand resale mm. on fla- on Facebook. Yeah. Um, they've just exploded. And if you go on Facebook, you could search any brand that you like and probably find a resale group for it. Yeah. 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 I had a client who love 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 Gorman but sometimes couldn't afford the price bracket but so she just shopped secondhand on the Facebook group and yeah it done well for her because her wardrobe was full of Gorman (laughs) there's so many different apps nowadays there are also like dedicated online stores like the real real and vestiaire collective which act as like luxury designer consignment stores online and the interface and the layout of this of the online store is literally just like you're shopping online for your regular clothing it's making it so much easier to access secondhand shopping when back in the day you had to just spend hours and hours trawling through a huge savers mm. to find like that one piece, yeah. that one gem. Like now it feels so commonplace to us, but I wonder, Jenna, with your clients, do you ever have to convince them that, you know, secondhand is actually a really great place to shop? Like, is there a stigma against used clothing at all? Um, with my first clients, we didn't even think about secondhand shopping. It was more with my last few clients that I've been doing lately. With my first ones, it probably would have been a bit of a stigma. Like they would have been like, ew, secondhand shopping. But then with especially my last three clients, I think that I did recently, they were like, oh, I only shop secondhand basically, or I'm really into ethical fashion. But yeah, I can definitely see where there is a stigma attached to secondhand shopping. Some people think it's dirty or smelly or gross or that the items there are just full of holes. But I think people need to start realising that you can buy these amazing things for a lot less than even like on the high street. So it's slowly changing. It's going to take some time, but slowly changing. Yeah. So what's the age range of your clients as well? 
Um, so I've had everything from like older mothers, I'd say they're nearly 40-ish. And then um, I've also had like a 19, 20-year-old girl as well. So it it greatly ranges. Um, So, and then I've also done editorials with like, you know, lots of different age ranges as well. But I think it's, um, especially with the mothers, they seem to like really know what they want. And they really do like those higher brands like Gorman and stuff. But they're just really cautious of spending money because they do have children mm-hmm. and they need to feed the family and pay rent and such like that. So they're more cautious of where they get their stuff from and how much they're paying. So, yeah, they usually turn to groups, secondhand groups or savers or something like that. So with the people who are more resistant to the idea of paying secondhand, is, there like an, is that a particular age group or am I generalising to think that it's going to be older people who are <laughs> less likely to buy secondhand? Well... Also, the, you've got to remember that a lot of the people I styled were living in Brunswick and Fitzroy area. Okay. So mm, it's yeah. very, you know, it's sort of almost a way of life in those areas, which is fantastic. But I think with the age group, there's many different factors that come into that, like um, where they live, what their pay is. But I can't really generalise a group yeah. because it's a little bit harder, like where they live. I mean, Melbourne's so different in cultures compared to somewhere like Tasmania where everyone's the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Tasmania, I know. Oh, burn. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a little bit hard to say yeah. a general group, but maybe a lot of older, older generations sort of stick to what they already have and don't really branch out when buying new or when they buy new they just go to something that's closer for them instead of going to an op shop and having to find they'd rather just walk into a store and pick it up Mm. which is fair enough everyone's busy Mm. so how do you convince people that secondhand is a a great option for them i usually show them what i've styled so um most of my editorials are using secondhand clothing um and once you see it styled on a model um you're just like that's secondhand I would have never guessed Mm. and I think I also show them like I found Burberry pants at an op shop for 10 bucks so (laughs) like (laughs) it's not just loads and loads of old H&M clothes or something there's actual good things there and there's um sort of vintage even country road which is still like a good fit good quality so it's just showing them if someone's still hesitant I can probably start to go into the factors um what new fashion fast fashion does and the way cotton is growing and things like that and the way people are treated it sort of depends on what the customer or the client feels is more relevant to them so if they're really worried about like the health of the planet then you can talk about how fast fashion affects that or if they're really worried about pricing you can say how cheap op shop fashion is so in researching this episode what i found um, to be most interesting was how gen z um, are reselling clothes (laughs) so gen z um not that we're that far away from it but I do feel really old when I say Gen Z as if like they're coming for my job or something Uh, it just I just I'm just talking about teenagers basically who um, today can like curate their own online secondhand stores via apps like Depop and Instagram and it's funny because Depop the um, app where you can sell your clothing their tagline on Instagram is build an empire from your bedroom there's pieces in like The Guardian and heaps of other news publications about teenagers who make thousands of dollars selling on Depop, which to me is incredible. That's insane. It's insane Like, to me. did you make that much money selling off eBay? <laughs> I think we broke even and we're like, yeah, we're happy with that. <laughs> well, Depop is for Gen Zers. Like, they're all about building a 
personal brand and influences. And just because it looks exactly like Instagram, I feel like it's been like able to catch like all these young people because it's so easy to use. Yeah, it's a really good app to put secondhand fashion right in front of you. It's because mm. it's so easy to use. Like Instagram, you just scroll. And you're like, yeah. oh, I like that. You can save it, and it's it's I find it a little bit easier to use than eBay in a way because it's a bit more created. Mm. Whereas eBay, you've got like random things in there everywhere. The eBay interface is ugly. Mm. Just mm. Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great tool for everyone to use. Yeah, mm. love it. And I think people really know how to market themselves using Depop. They know how to take a photo of themselves in that piece of clothing that looks top-notch. Yeah. Whereas on, on eBay, you're looking at things hanging on a rack. Or yeah, on, or on a hanger. Yeah. Or on the floor, <laughs> often. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They definitely have that knack. I guess that's the selfie generation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Well, I mean, 54% of Depop users are between 14 to 24. Wow. So, yeah, so earlier in the week, I actually tracked down one Depop seller named Tatiana Rutherston, um, and she's a 21-year-old fine arts student from London. And she sells clothing on the side um, just to make a bit of cash, um, but she actually takes it quite seriously because she'll go out and source clothes um, from trips to Japan, from eBay, from thrift shops, um, wherever she can. Um, so I had a chat with her about how resale on Depop is helping us keep up with the super-fast trend cycle. Um, I think I started around four years ago I just, you know, everyone was getting Depop and sort of posting it onto their Instagram pages. Initially, I got Depop for, um, you know, for, to buy clothes. And then when I went to university, my, I met my best friend there. She was actually buying clothes specifically at charity shops or on eBay for really cheap and then actually selling them to make a profit. At first, I was like, oh, that sounds a bit cheeky because, you know, you're buying clothes from people that people can already find and buy themselves and then marking up the price. But then she made me aware of actually what you're doing is you're curating. Do you think the trends on Depop are different from trends elsewhere, like different from high street trends or trends in other um, stores? I think the reason that resale is always attractive and people are into it mm. is because vintage will always be trendy. Like, when I was in Japan, um, there's, this, there's this, like, this 90s thing has really come back. But obviously, everyone that was wearing 90s stuff in the 90s is now, what, like, 30. So they don't want to be seen in all this trashy clothing. So people will be selling stuff for literally, like, £1, £3. And it's just so hot in another country mm. for a different age group. And I find that so fascinating. Mm. <laughs> just how someone is lit in Japan is like, this is actual trash clothing. <laughs> but it's just the best thing ever for uh, like a millennial on the other side of the world. I feel like everything yeah. on social media is so much faster than anything that can be put in stores. And I think the oh, ability course, to buy secondhand means that you can churn through these micro trends. I think I think that's true, and um, I think actually I think Instagram is solely the reason that you know these sites are becoming so popular. Because you know in the past you could get away with wearing the same outfit every day for a week, and <laughs> yeah. no one knowing that you had done that. But now because we have like stories and Facebook posts and like Instagram, and mm. you know there's this sort of pressure like oh I always need to look good because <laughs> someone could take a photo of me and I can't be seen wearing the same outfit that I was wearing last time. You know I mean maybe this is me thinking that people are psycho. 
I actually do believe, I do mm. believe very much people are buying these clothes, you know, posting them on Instagram. In fact, I have a friend mm-hmm. who the other day I was at her house and she was like, oh, I just got this parcel. And she showed me this really cute outfit that she got. And I went home. I looked at, checked on my phone and she uploaded a photo on Instagram of her wearing the outfit. She, had, she wasn't going anywhere. She just put it on to take a photo. It's very interesting, the kind of, kind of like, I need to buy all these clothes and surround myself and project images that I'm up to, up to date with the, with the mm. coolest new thing. No, I feel yeah, that. I think, I, I think that is a, that is like a new pressure. Um, and Instagram feels like your brand. It's, it's actually so weird. But I mean... <laughs> um, with that said, what do you know about the people who buy from you on Depop? Like, do you have any insight into what they're like? My customers mm-hmm. are definitely in the age range of about... 15 to in their early 20s they're the ones that know you know know these apps like depop or whatever and they're like i said they're the girls that are also following the kardashians and want cute clothes and but um is that the commonality between your buyers everyone follows the kardashians (laughs) i don't i don't know why i hate the kardashians so much um but do you know what I mean? Like, every young girl wants to be, like, an influencer and happy clothes. So those, those are the girls that want to have these websites. And Well, what's the most expensive thing that you've sold on Depop? Honestly, don't like to sell things for too much. Those girls that are buying from me, because they are young and they, they don't actually have that much money to be sort of, like, splashing about. I did sell this Dolce & Gabbana skirt for £70, which, again, isn't a lot of money. I've sold a couple of, like, Dior tops for around the same price, like 60 70 But I just think more than that, you can't... It's it's just too much. Like, people don't have that to spend. Being Obviously, making money is nice, but mm-hmm. more than that, it just makes me happy that these things are given, like, a second chance to be worn again and to be loved again, and mm. they're not just thrown away. But yeah, always for the, um, the recycling of clothing. Mm. Always. Yeah, I really liked how she was quite candid about the pressure that she feels to keep up with trends and be in a different outfit each day just for the gram. Um, so it's, it's, it's such an interesting pressure for young people to face these days. I know. Imagine worrying about having to look real fresh for the gram every day. Yeah, that would stress me out. Yeah, that would really that. stress no. me out. I know, I don't really have the data to back this up, but I could say that maybe that's why something like Depop has become so big because it's just become easier to like refresh your look and and you know not feel guilty about it because I think Generation Z is also very conscious of fashion's impact on the environment. I think it's also like what's also um, pushing the fast fashion industry into like like incredible speeds is that they're churning out hundreds and hundreds of styles new styles every day for all these like really thirsty teens who want to look fresh like there's all like you know you walk into glassons or like you look at fashion nova that really super fast fashion brand in the states where they're dropping like thousands of new styles every day and they're like less than less than ten dollars per piece or something i recently read that people were buying stuff and wearing it once for a photo and then returning it yeah i think we read the same report yeah Yeah. i was just like that is so wrong and just the pressure is really on to look good all the time and i don't think it should be that way i mean people are allowed to have off days or wear the same outfit twice there's no point in having something in your wardrobe that you've worn once do you think it's going to change or or do you think it'll only become more of a pressure with the with the rise of depop or or just in general 
our consciousness of looking um, our best at, at every point. If you've got people like the Kardashians relevant still, I don't think there's going to be much change, but there is a rise still with like Emma Watson wearing the same thing twice and the 30 wears. It's getting there, but I don't know if it's going to be... I feel like it's going to be sort of a half and half. Mm. It's sort of it's sort of a balancing act, I think. Yeah. Well, I think but if you want to become... Um, people want to be influencers or start their own whatever business online and you kind of start that by finding your audience on Instagram right now Mm. and to make sure that you keep that audience you have to look fresh all the time and you have to be inspiring people I suppose (laughs) inspiring people to aspirational yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I think that having it like an ever-changing wardrobe is just part of that part of how you expand your reach Mm -hmm. which sounds really sad when I say it out aloud (laughs) yeah yeah, you gotta gotta be linking up with brands and yeah, always in the new. I think that's that's the main issue with fashion is that the obsession with the new. Yeah, I yeah. really hope that doesn't stay around too long. I mean, I would like the younger people nowadays to actually have something in their wardrobe they can pass down to their children, whereas like you know that's sort of what happens now. But I feel that's sort of slowly falling out. I mean, a lot of people don't have anything in their wardrobe they can pass down, or they don't have something from their parents or their grandparents. So I'm just hoping fast fashion doesn't get to the point where we've literally turned over our entire wardrobe in weeks. I like the idea of that, of having pieces that you can pass on to your children. But I also think that maybe society change a lot in future to the point where, you know, maybe we don't value keeping things. Maybe we want to share. I'm just mm. trying to, like, talk about the sharing economy, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that's where yeah. yeah. libraries come, yeah. come into play. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe the possessions aren't as something that we value. Like, we don't need to keep things forever. Yeah, like, um, sole ownership isn't mm. our isn't our number one priority or, like, uh, as a status symbol or status uh, marker. Yeah. Like, we don't have to own our garments or own our objects. Like, like with Airbnb and, like, Carnex Door, like, there are so many other different, like, apps and startup businesses that um, allow you to share yeah. your possessions. Yeah, there's um, two libraries and I just think I've heard of a place and it's sort of like a, a shed you can go and create stuff. So if you want to build a table and you didn't have any space, you could go build a table at that shed which I think is pretty cool. I mean, as much as I like having a special piece, it's good to share that special piece with other people so they can also get joy out of it and it can get more wear than just hanging in your wardrobe because you've only worn it once. So I do like the sharing economy. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of it too. And I'm curious as to see whether it will take off because I feel like in order for it to actually work, everyone would kind of have to become minimalists. And that's (laughs) especially not natural to how I am. Yes, I am decidedly maximalist. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I struggle. Like, I love the, well, that's why my blog name is The Ironic Minimalist. But I love the idea of minimalism. And I think I'm kind of a minimalist. I've got a lot less possessions than the average person. But I still struggle with wanting to keep things and I have to have everything. But I'm liking that now there's a lot of places where you don't have to have the latest thing. You can borrow or whatever. And I think that's really helping people like myself. Just to get back to Depop though, I think Depop is like definitely not immune to trends. So even though it's pushing this great idea of recycling clothing, you know, you can shop any trend that you see on the high street. On, on the one hand, I think it like encourages you to shop more mindfully, but it's still pushing you to shop at the same fast rate. Yeah, the trend cycle still is going as fast as the fast fashion trend cycle. Like, I think it's the curated part of Depop, like how 
everything's like organized by 90s fashion or whatever so it's so much easier to get the styles that you want and you can get the latest style at a very cheap price and it's also easier to like replenish your wardrobe with new stuff because you can just let go of it really easily on depop yeah So I think internet selling is one part of the secondhand shopping market. But for people who don't like shopping online, who don't want to browse through countless Depop and Facebook stores, another option is consignment stores. In Melbourne, say, there haven't been too many accessible consignment stores. Historically, I think there's been a lot of consignment stores for luxury fashion, for, you know, high-end designer bags, watches, avant-garde labels, like Comme des Garçons and stuff. Mm. But one store that has really caught my eye is Recycle Boutique. The interesting thing about Recycle Boutique is they they really want to be a commonplace secondhand experience. They just want to be like another shop in a shopping centre. So Amy went to speak with Mon and Liv from Recycle Boutique not too long ago to hear about their ethos. What did you find out? Yeah, um, yeah, I went to have a chat with Liv and Mon at their um, their studio, and it was a really great conversation. Um, learning about their approach to just marketing Recycle Boutique as an accessible and approachable, inclusive space. They want Recycle Boutique to be a place where it's almost like a happy like consequence of shopping with them is that it's good for the environment rather than pressing their like val- like ethical and sustainable values on everyone before we go on i think um, we should probably define what a consignment store is <laughs> yeah. yeah selling on consignment means um, you take an item into a store and the shop agrees to sell it at a certain price point that they think is appropriate for their customers and if your piece of clothing does sell then you get a percentage of that money so it's, you don't get paid straight away you kind of kind of take a punt on whether or not your item will sell Yeah, I really like Recycled Boutique. Um, I was there yesterday as well as earlier in the week. Um, (laughs) I do sell stuff there. Some of the stuff I picked up was only like $5 at Savers and I've managed to make an extra $10 on top of that just because that's what they've sold it at and people are buying it. So it's kind of you're almost buying a piece that you know there's the quality is still there because they've checked it for you and you're also helping the environment and also helping someone else get a little bit more money. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. I really like to work there. Isn't I'd love me? to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a listen to what they had to say. The fast fashion industry versus the secondhand industry, I think probably our average price is maybe not far off or we can offer really like competitive pricing because we're selling the garments at maybe a third of the original retail price, but you can get really good quality for the same price as you would buy fast something, fashion. yeah, a fast fashion mm-hmm. garment kind of shop guilt free in a way if you're buying those pieces from us hopefully they're the ones that do last and once you're done if you want to experiment and get a pretty dress or <laughs> you can bring them back to us yeah it's yeah. definitely what we do a lot of well, how would you describe the festival <laughs> like that you've noticed and has it changed since you started till now in terms of the customer that shops of with us from an ethical standpoint. Maybe we're seeing more and more of those types of customers. Mm-hmm. We do have some awesome customers that shop with us from an ethical standpoint, but a ho- most of them probably don't necessarily have that at the forefront of their mind when they are shopping with us. And as Recycle grows and we have more and more members selling with us, we have more and more conversations about what it means to purchase quality. It's all about that decision of, of what you buy. Um, 
because when they bring it into us and we can't take it because maybe it hasn't worn very well and it's no longer you know no longer able to sell it yeah. um, we get to have those conversations with people and people realize we'll have think a little bit more about what they're buying mm-hmm. we'd like to take part in the fashion industry on a the, really mainstream on a mainstream level, level. Okay. yeah when we consider how we design our stores we really consider mainstream retail experience that you might have in a shopping mall and try to sit next to that mm. um, so that it's an experience that's very familiar and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to feel like you're shopping secondhand. When you say participate in the fashion industry in a more mainstream way, <laughs> what does that look like? Or I think we just want to be taken as seriously as a clothing label yeah, brand. Mainstream. Brand. And yeah. That's our one of our goals. There's still a bit of stigma around secondhand clothing, and mm. yeah, we're trying to kind of come up against that. I think we spoke about this in a previous episode with Sigrid how the ethical, um, sustainable clothing industry, or at least locally, can be really inaccessible to a lot of people. I think it's clear that a lot of people, not just like a certain, you know, demographic want to shop ethically, sustainably, like everyone does, but they don't always have the options available that are like affordable or even just like geographically speaking, like mm. they're just not in areas where they can do that. And speaking with one and live, that that's what they want to do is try and bring it as close to people as possible and like reach out to those communities that do want to shop their values. Mm. It's also cool that Mon and Liv are happy for people to come in, buy clothes from Recycle Boutique, then five months later come in and sell those same clothes back into the store mm. so that it's a full loop. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not getting annoyed that people are reselling yeah. these clothes that they've, they've bought <laughs> well, in the I've first place. I've done that. I've, yeah. I've bought a dress from them and then a few months later just decided it wasn't fit for my wardrobe, so I took it back. So I feel like that's a little bit of a circular mm. economy there. Like, I don't know how... Yeah, it means I didn't take it to landfill or just let it hang in the wardrobe, taking up my precious wardrobe space. So sometimes when you take something to an op shop, there's not the guarantee they'll actually get a new home. If no Mm. one buys it, it can be shredded or it can be sent overseas. So I like the fact that Recycle Boutique really think about where their garments are going to go. They sort of place significance on a circular economy, even though people aren't, some people aren't aware of that. Amy, do you know what happens to the garments that don't sell? Once your items hit the floor, they're there for like six weeks or so. And then if it doesn't sell, you can either opt to come in and pick them up. But anything else, I think that ends up getting donated to op shops as like the okay. final yeah. I the final place. Like, I think on their website, they've got something about a scatter sale. I've yeah, they have the $5 jumble sales, yeah. oh, I think. Okay. I've never yeah. seen one of these jumble sales, yeah. but I'd like to go to one of these jumble mm. sales. I actually went to one. Yeah, it's it's a real jumble sale. It's just boxes of clothing that you can pour through. Oh, oh it's not all hung up. It's just in a box. Nah. Ooh. Oh, they're my favourite nah. type of jumble sales. You never yeah. know what you're going to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how many consigners do they have? They said they have about 8,000 consigners, which is which is pretty amazing. It is, yeah. Um, just, yeah, just thinking about all the people 
in Melbourne who have amazing wardrobes. <laughs> like, uh, and it's all, and it can all cycle through Recycle Boutique. There's every opportunity to find a great item. And they touched on the fact that they were influxed with fast fashion at the start. What's their approach on that now? Are they happy to take fast fashion clothes into the store? They spoke about taking items on an item-by-item basis. Like, if someone brought in a piece from Zara or H&M, they looked at the garment and uh, had a look at whether it was, like, made well or it's made with, a like, a nice quality fabric. And if it was still in good quality, they would accept it rather than just turn away all fast fashion items because that's still, like letting that cycle go to landfill so mm. that's a really good mindset to have for a store i mean as far as fashion people still buy it but some of the items can be reworn especially the, if they're more of a trend piece like those h&m big puffer jackets like mm-hmm. you see them everywhere yeah. so i feel like someone took one of those in they might sort of have a chance to resell it because people do like them they're warm and they will get lots of wear so something that I experience when I'm shopping secondhand is this feeling of wanting to buy all the things just because they are secondhand. You know, I wouldn't feel like that if I was in a in an actual normal store that was selling new clothing. I'd feel too guilty to buy 10 items. But when I'm looking at it secondhand, like online or in an op shop or wherever... I'm always like, you know, I've got armfuls of of clothing that I want to try on Um, and that there are times when I find myself thinking about very expensive purchases and I try and justify it in my head by saying it's fine if in six months time you don't want it because this is probably good enough to resell Mm. (laughs) and it's probably going to still be on trend to resell in in the certain resale market um, if I pick wisely. Mm. That to me is really conflicting because I still believe that I do need to consume less but the secondhand market makes me feel so much less guilty about my consumption habits. So, yeah, I wonder whether you guys experience that too and what do you make of it? That's that's dangerous because not everything does have a resale value, especially shoes are hard to sell on. But I think that is... It's kind of an okay mindset to have. I mean, you're thinking about the future of the garment, but it's Mm. also you might not get the entire value back. I guess it depends how you value your money. Larger purchases such as luxury items should really be considered um, on a I'm going to wear this 10 million times forever basis because they are such a high value of money. They are usually well-constructed, most brands, but... I, I understand that mindset. Yeah. I do have that mindset at times. I'm just like, oh, I can sell it to someone else. But mm. again, a very fine line. Yeah. I have spent many a night just like scrolling through Penny Lane on Facebook and just seeing all the different bargains. I'm like, oh, I have to. <laughs> I think I've just accepted that I am a maximalist. And I just, if I have all the things, I just end up wearing like all my best stuff in one go. And I'm just like, this is just the life that I am. <laughs> this is just the life that's chosen me. It's who I am. It's who I am. I am now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm optimistic in that if people are thinking about, uh, as you said, the future life of the garment, like, can I resell this? Then hopefully they're taking care of the garment while it's with them and it's still in a very wearable condition for the next owner. And, and hopefully if we're all doing that, then maybe we start to think about um, maybe not even um, passing it on, like, because we've kept it in so well, like, we can still keep using it. And that's a positive, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
So I've travelled to Japan a couple of times and each time I've been, I've just been awestruck by how big their secondhand market is and how accessible it is to every single consumer. They actually don't have very many charity shops. I think most of their secondhand places are for profit. But the interesting thing is that because Japan is so small, they don't have very much space for landfill. So what they do is they actually incinerate most of their trash um, and that's expensive. So, you know, you're not really going to be inclined to throw away your clothing in the same way that we could in Australia. Um, so what's happened is that their resale market has really evolved to accommodate people wanting to get rid of their stuff. It's, it's pretty common if you want to get rid of anything, you can just go into a consignment store and they'll weigh your clothes by the kilo and give you, yeah. you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, because that's, that's how much stock they have in these secondhand stores and that's, like, the demand that they also have. Shopping secondhand, you know, you can buy your everyday wear, like, special vintage finds, uh, luxury, like, every single category you can imagine is available in secondhand form. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I've never been to Japan, but now I really want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's all still in amazing condition. Like, their culture of, like, keeping things in pristine, like, tags on still condition is amazing. Yeah. They have been encouraged to sell their clothes rather than discarding them. And that would be great if we had here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, there's, yeah. there's so many factors, I think, in encouraging that behaviour. It's not just a matter of having more secondhand stores. I think yeah. more own waste really opened a lot of people's eyes. Mm. Um, we're a very large country, so there's still a lot of people that don't think about the side effects mm. of their trash or what they buy. I mean, like, keep cup sales went through the roof and they couldn't keep up the demand. Mm. <laughs> so that's I like, bought a keep cup straight yeah, after really? that, that episode. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, like, things like that definitely have a positive effect. Faye Lenti, she's a Salvos representative and she actually does similar to what I do um, and styles people with op-shop clothing, like exclusively op-shop clothing. And she's got a very large social media presence and that's driving a lot of people to sort of do the same thing. It's definitely growing. Um, and I think like there's a place for clothing libraries as well in in the future of secondhand. So I know you work with a clothing library called Tumnus um, that has pop-ups um, every now and again. And there's currently a store out in... Um, so there's not an actual store yet. No? Okay. Um, it's still operating as a pop-up. Shania from Tumnus is really pushing for a store and we're actually on Pick My Project. So if you vote for us on Pick My Project, then we can definitely have a full-time store that you can come in and you can browse and borrow from people's wardrobes. So yeah, basically it's a collection from people's wardrobes um, of pieces that they, they're not getting enough wear out of or they just feel like need some more love and they're not ready to get rid of them so they'll sort of just lend them to um, other people but yeah it's a great way to sort of play around with your style say there's something you really really love but you're just not sure it'll work with your body shape and you just don't want to go and buy it and then never wear it so it's a great way to try out items like that so how does it work for someone who's never participated in a clothing library before how do you go in and set up a profile and do you have to give some of your own clothes in so what happens is um at the moment shania lives in sydney so it's all online um and what she's sort of advocating to do is so say there's two people that live like brunswick east or collingwood or something and they find their item online then they can sort of swap meeting person and swap it over like that but basically at the moment as she's still building it you create a profile online um, you have a look of what's there and then you can either you can borrow something for around about seven weeks I think it is um, we've also we also use um, dries dry cleaning to get the items dry clean and delivered back and forth between people mm-hmm. um, and there's also go fetch I think which um, will help deliver items 
but yeah basically you borrow the item um, and wear it as you please you take good care of it it's not just a way of borrowing clothing it's also a way of building a relationship with other people and you could discover a new best friend or someone who has an amazing wardrobe and is the same body shape as you it's just a way of you know not buying anything new not um, having to go through op shops it's just it's just like a tool library or uber but clothing mm. and does it cost anything to sign up no, it doesn't cost anything to sign up. Um, some of the pieces on there are of high value to their owners, so there is a little bit of deposit required, mm-hmm. um, like with higher brands. You don't just borrow them and then trash them and give them back. You need to take care of these items because the owner takes care of them. They're just um, kind enough to share the love with other people. Yeah. So at the moment, there's no sign-up fee. Um, Tumnus is operating solely, solely from Shania's love of clothing and wanting to spread the love with clothing. It's not like a library where you get hit with a 50 cent fee (laughs) for not returning your book. I mean, there would definitely, if you didn't return the item, Shania would definitely hunt you down. She's very (laughs) determined. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really building trust between people and um, creating community and friendships and with a bonus of clothing. So if you sign up on tumnus.com.au, you'll find out more details. But basically, we're going to do a photo shoot. So bring in the items that you like. We've got a photographer taking photos of you, and I'll be styling you. And, yeah, it's a great way to learn more about the wardrobe um, sharing economy and a great way to get some more, like, some like free clothes, basically. I love the clothes-sharing wardrobe idea. Like, I was a bit of a cynic, I think. I was yeah, like, because right. I, I don't know, I guess I'm still in the mindset of, like, if I like something, I need to own it. And I am very particular about my clothes and it's, I don't trust... It's hard trust, to break out of that mindset, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like, I don't I really trust other people with my clothes. So I, like, I, I visited the pop-up a few months ago and I borrowed a couple things. I think you borrowed one of my jackets. Yeah, I yeah. borrowed your yeah. blazer because... Um, I love the whole blazer trend at the moment, but I just, I know it doesn't really suit me, but I wanted to try it. I like gave it a go and it turned out it wasn't for me and I was able to like, yeah, that never got worn. Yeah. 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 Or like I'd have to sell on. So Yeah. yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a great option to do that. It will take off, I reckon, mm. because space is such a premium now. That when we like, all live in apartments and we all have live in no apartments wardrobe space. People yeah. are living in smaller or smaller apartments as yeah. well because they're more yeah. aware of their environmental footprint. And I right. mean, the apartments that are going up are very small. I mean, my yeah. apartment is extremely tiny. But yeah, I yeah. agree. It's um, a way to keep your space. Mm. And it was yeah. really cute. Each um, each garment had a tag with um, the person's name on it, and it was nice to kind of see uh, the garments that I was picking up. They're all from the same person. Like a lot of them were yours, Jenna, <laughs> or like there were a lot of um, garments from um, this one person. And I kind of noticed that yeah, I, I had the same style as this other person, and it was kind of like getting to know them um, through their wardrobe. Mm. which is really cool. Another person, actually, when we were having the pop-up, she was going to Europe, I think, so she borrowed some of the clothes to take with her rather than buying a whole new summer wardrobe. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea, and I'd I'd love to see it grow. To end, I just want to put this very big question out there, but where do you think the second-hand market is heading in Australia? What are your predictions? I hope that there will be more consignment stores like Recycle Boutique or even more niche uh, boutiques like 
maybe there'll be boutiques that branch off into particular aesthetics even but are still just as accessible and affordable as Recycle Boutique is and then also that it grows out to you know regional areas and um, in the suburbs and stuff because it's not only city people you want to like look fresh and you know and have a, a, a light carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I really hope, I mean, War on Waste was amazing, but it did only focus on sort of consumption, like coffee cups and stuff like that. It really only focused on that. So I'd love to see some sort of like TV show that focuses on the solutions and alternatives from buying fast fashion to buying secondhand. And, but I do think we need a nationwide or worldwide sort of thing that answers these questions and that people are willing to um, share their experiences with and sort of less focus on donating, more focus on the circular economy, I think. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to Smart Casual. You've been listening to me, Emma Doe, and my co-host, Amy Mai. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Smart Casual Podcast and with the same handle on Facebook. This episode was recorded at the Sin Studios at RMIT with music by Baby Bangas. See you next time.